Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor, part of the Nova Insider Network and brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Um, we are joined here today by Tommy Godin uh, from, from several different venues, uh, but most recently the Mainline Minute, um, where he gives 15, 20-minute uh, recaps of Villanova basketball, gives you gets you caught up on on the games that have happened, the games that are coming, as well as uh, to prepare you, and as well as just giving news and notes about the Villanova program that he gets from his time spent um, in uh, his, his media availabilities, etc. So, Tommy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. Um, and again, Homefield Apparel continues to be awesome <laughs> we uh, I, this is my first time not wearing home field on the uh on the show this year um i think i just needed to change the cards up a little bit given an oh and two and week but uh but it continues to be it continues to be great the mama jackets out uh but all their gear for villanova the throwback gear and everything is is terrific so i continue to check it out at home field apparel what what am I? What's going on? I I thought I heard you say "mommer jacket" this time, <laughs> and I didn't think anybody else caught it. But then I saw Willie smirk, and then I couldn't. I said "mommer jacket." But you guys are discriminating like against my, my um, Long Island, yes, New York, New the, Jersey uh, accent. The only good thing about this weekend was the uh, the bomber jacket sales and home field apparel promotions. Um, I snagged a couple people, gave them the code at the uh, code Nova Insider. So I'm at the football game. Got a lot of compliments on the jacket again. That continues to be my only positive note so far. Fantastic. Well, I just want you guys to know I'm cracking a beer for the Chris Willie argument. That's the beer <laughs> and that's not a beer. It's a Dr. Pepper. It's probably. Oh, I was going to guess it's Dr. Right. Pepper. I was going to guess it's a up guy. It's a Dr. Pepper because I support college students getting scholarships. <laughs> there we go. So we're here to talk about the college football playoff. And by the college football playoff, I mean Villanova's in the college football playoffs. Let's talk about it, you know? This is yeah. a Villanova football podcast. This is now a Villanova football I, podcast. The full 40 minutes. We we have to figure out what we do with the last 20. But <laughs> we play for full 40 minutes of football. It's 15 minutes in college football, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, we won, we're play, we're, but we're playing yeah. South Dakota State. So last year was a Villanova women's basketball podcast. This year yeah. is a Villanova football podcast, and we're, here we go. We're going to talk about the teams that win. We're going to go to South Dakota State, and we're going to win. You know, we're going to go all the way up. I love that. I Wildcats love that really. eat jackrabbits. What'd you say? Oh, you froze for a we second. You oh, I froze. No, yes. but you're fine. You said okay. you're going to go beat the jackrabbits. We're going to go beat the jackrabbits. We're going to go up to Brookings. Um, this is a revenge game, people. You don't remember. They beat us pretty soundly two years ago in the, um, in the this same exact round. So this is a chance for Connor Watkins, Rajon Pringle, D-Will Barley, and everyone, Jalen Jackson, to like go out there. This is Ferrante's chance to make an actual statement, to, to say this is a Ferrante team, not a Andy Talley team that, you know, used to, you know this is a chance to put his own um, spin on the team. So really excited about that. Um, Delaware joined Conference USA. Uh, so that's a big that's big news in the CAA because you know we're big CAA guys over here. So that's the only thing that's th here to talk about is the Villanova football team. Yeah. So this is, that's it. Re nice really cool to see. Really cool to see a coach take over from a legendary coach and make the playoff. So that's that's something. Yeah, 
Okay. No, I... On on that, people forget he did have a down year or two. In between. <laughs> His down year was like COVID in like the stupid spring season. And like, yeah, last year was a down year, but we, we let that go. So two yeah, down years. Up, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to make it relatable to what we're currently going through. Um, so two down years, you said. I mean, the women's team is like doing all right. Like, I mean, women's team lost, had but... a tough loss to Columbia, but Lucy yeah. dropped thirty again in back-to-back games. So, you know, I, I was wondering what it felt like to lose to Columbia again, and we lost to Columbia Drexel the same fucking weekend. <laughs> We've <laughs> had multiple Columbia losses. <laughs> that was anyway. just a chance for the fan base who maybe was too young or wasn't a fan of Villanova at the time to be able to experience a uh, a Columbia esque <laughs> weekend. And uh, we delivered. <laughs> you know, like those watershed moments where you remember where you are? That's how I felt during the Columbia game, like 2012. Like, I can remember I wasn't at the game. It was, like, right before Thanksgiving break. And my dad came and picked me up, and we were driving home. And I'm, like, on my phone watching, like, the just box score of the game. Because I didn't, you know, watching on your phone didn't exist in 2012 or 2011. 12. Um and yeah, I just remember like being on 70, 476 and being like, holy crap, we're about to lose this game. And then going home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh man. All right. Here's the deal. We have we can't we can't talk too much crap because we got a real live journalist amongst us here. Big so, J journalist. Yeah. Big Ooh. J journalist. Not to be Twitter verified. Yes. True. And he's not paying for it. Right. So <clears throat> so Tommy. We brought you here. We're not going to free associate too much. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But for everyone listening, like Tommy, Tommy's going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the quotes, some of the things that we're hearing from the program or not hearing from the program. And then Tommy will drop off, and Willie, Trevor, and I will 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 talk a little bit more about it. Um, and then I guess Willie's also going to drop off. So so that's great. Um, so Tommy. Tell us a little bit more. Like you, you went to the obviously the post game pressers for the St. Joe's game and the and the Drexel game. Compare that to your other pressers that you've heard. What are you hearing from the program so far? Yeah, so I think the big thing that came out of the St. Joe's press conference was um, I, I don't remember who asked the question, but somebody asked him about struggling with his own, and he asked for a stat sheet. And that kind of threw people for a loop. That's not the first time he's asked for a stat sheet. When he's answering questions, he, Kyle Neptune, will. Uh, he's diligent. He'll look over the stat sheet and, and spit out numbers in his responses. He's smart that way. So, um, it, I mean, there's been a lack of, of transparency where the real problem is, in my opinion. Um, it's just a lot of that classic Villanova talk. You know, it's the – we want to be the best team we can be by the end of the year. We're putting the emphasis on defense and rebounding. And no matter how you phrase a question, it's the, the root of the answer is going to get back to, to those core, to those core values. And that's what those guys really believe. And, and uh, that's what we've been getting from the media. So can I, can I just interject really quick? I'm not a big J journalist, but I've taken a course at Villanova. Have you thought about asking him, uh, your question by starting with without mentioning a full 40 of Vil- minutes of Villanova basketball or defense and rebounding. What can you, you know, just preface your question with without mentioning these trigger words that you so like to use. It'll get your question. Yeah. It'll get back that to the trigger time. words. I got you. Yeah. 
<laughs> so they'll find a way back. They find yeah. a way back to the to the to the, to the buzzwords. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything anything in the Drexel game after the Drexel game that that was that was of note? Um, I mean, we were talking about it uh, a little bit off the air. I mean, it's it's easy to how do I want to phrase that? Let me just go away from it completely, actually, before I before I get myself in trouble. But after the Drexel game, it was it was the same thing. It was the lack of accountability. Um, it was treating it as if it was just another game, which, I mean, this was the inaugural Big Five Classic. Every other coach in, in the tournament talked about how much this meant to the city of Philadelphia, how much it meant uh, to the Big Five, and it was just another game for these guys, which is fine. I mean, the goal is the goal at the end of the day, at the end of the year, but um, it was it was just a whole lot of the same, and, and it's frustrating when it's just defense and rebounding over and over again, and and we see the results on the on the offensive end. So I, I guess to talk to, to Trevor's question though, what what are people like? What's being asked? Like, are people trying to get more out of it? Is it is there people trying to do it, or is or as people or if people become so accustomed to the Villanova way of doing things and program that they've almost just been like, all right, well, here's the media time, and I'm just going to go through the motions and get the same old answers over this. Do, do people try and push a little bit? Oh, for sure. Um, Jeff Nyberg, he's really good um, with those questions. Colin Beasley as well. Um, there's a lot of good uh, good reporters that ask good questions. But, yeah, I mean, after the Drexel game, he was asked directly, um, what is it about the zones that, that are throwing the teams for a loop? And um, somebody asked him, one for ten in the second half, is it just missing shots? Is it something else? There was even a question. I forget from who. It wasn't the, one of the normal cast of characters, but – they asked him, you know, oh and two this week. What would you say to the fans who are are saying the sky's falling? And I tweeted out that response. But um, yeah, I mean, the questions are being asked. It just goes back to the same old answers. Do you find? I'm just going to go this because this is this is a topic that I think we'll cover later in this episode. But do you find that they're closing rank a little bit? Like they're almost getting more tight lipped as with 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 more losses are they are they are they trying to like if someone asks too tough a question do they get a talking to afterwards like i'm i'm trying to get to the bottom like is is it free and open or is it or is it just the responses or just whatever cuz there's a there's a difference in 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 dialogue there right like yeah. if if you can't ask certain questions no no is, there's yeah. there's no we can ask whatever we want there's no Nobody gets a talking to afterwards. There's nothing like that at all. Um, Mike Sheridan, he does an outstanding job of um, making sure everything's on the up and up. Um, but yeah, I mean, the questions are being asked. It's it's easy to be, you know, the traditional Fort Knox when you're winning these games, you're winning conference games, Big East tournaments, NCAA tournament games, stuff like that. But um, when the losses come in and and the the hard hitting questions come for the coach, it it's it's a lot harder to to be the traditional Fort Knox that Villanova is, and um, they're they're holding strong. They're holding strong, but the questions are definitely being asked. Have you <clears throat> have you seen anything that would like that would state? Have you ever seen them like open up? And, like, what are those questions that have gotten them Kyle to open up at, throughout any of your media uh, time time with him? Kyle doesn't open up. <laughs> I mean, we saw it a little <laughs> right bit up. in the beginning of the year. Um, 
I mean, I saw some people tweeting about it when he was at Big East Media Day, and they were saying, "Oh, look at Kyle this year; he's looking a lot more free and loose." And I mean, was, we we did. <laughs> we yeah. said that was, that was, oh, yeah, I forget if it, I forget which one of you tweeted it, but yeah, it was you guys. Um, Kyle was looking a lot free, more free and loose at Big East Media Day. But I mean, for example, people asked him, um, like, a stupid question—not a stupid question, but a silly question at at Villanova Media Day. They're like, "What's your cheat meal?" He's like, oh, I don't have a cheat meal. He's like, I eat healthy all the time. Like, I eat what the players eat. <laughs> they, they asked. I asked. Uh, I mean, the players do the same thing. I had, last year. I asked Chris Arch what is uh, what is New Year's basketball. So, I mean, it's it's a whole. It's from the top down, and um, it's it's hard to get them to open up. But they, you definitely can see that there is there is personality in there. Are you guys concerned that there's like a misprogrammed AI robot in charge of the program? <laughs> you think that we need to no. do more update, well, update, anything like that? It is. It's definitely misprogrammed the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, no, I mean, it's not Jalen Brunson's AI master anymore. The stuff that they talk about, I mean, they live it. Like this attitude stuff that they say and the hashtags, they wear it on the bracelets. Jay Wright's got a book, Attitude. It's, I mean, they really live this, like diving on the floor, playing for those that came before them, or the dimensions of the court, whatever. They're, they're, they're buzzwords. They really truly do live by that. And, and the next game is the most important one for them. I mean, um, it's, not just, it's not just the buzzwords. I mean, these guys really do uh, live that life. What's your takeaway or what's your impression? Like, is it just a media front and then they get down to the real shit in practice? Or is there a little, like when I hear coming out of the St. Joe's game, just my personal take, like when I hear coming out of the St. Joe's game, oh, we got to play harder and we got to do more. We got to work harder and play harder and we got to do more defense and rebounding. I'm like, okay, it's just like, it's this totally misdiagnosed problem. Like against Penn, that actually felt, legit like it felt like they just got out efforted in every yeah. aspect versus pen and i was like okay fix that fine i mean there was the one quote after pen that it was like yeah we, we 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 practice against zone we're just not good at it which i thought was a horrible quote <laughs> <laughs> it was honest <laughs> i was like maybe don't be so honest maybe go back to the but but like um but the but the response after the saint joe's game i was like i felt like we were I didn't feel like the effort was necessarily bad. Like, but like, like obviously you're questioning the effort after losing by 15 at home to St. Joe's, but you know, I didn't feel like it was the pen game level of getting out hustled, but it just felt like we, we suck against a zone and we turn the ball over a lot. I, I, I guess that's my, I don't know where I'm going. I, I, your take, your perspective, Tommy, like, yeah, I, I mean, go, if you were to do a mainline minute right now and tell me, like, okay, what what your thoughts on that? I mean, I guess to a certain extent, I mean, the shots aren't falling. It was twenty seven percent from three against St. Joe's and like seventeen percent against Drexel, and and shooting over his own is is not traditionally uh, a hard task, especially for these Villanova <laughs> teams. But um, I mean, at, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, practices they're they're going hard, they're going long. When for like a little quick day in the life of what it's like to go into these media availabilities. They always say it like today, they said it started at two. We get in there uh, to, I didn't go today, but I mean, they get in there at two o'clock um, and you, you can always hear like Colin O'Toole or 
or whoever yelling, one of the coaches. I mean, we're up in the entrance of the fin and they're practicing on the court and you can hear yelling and screaming and, and it's really intense practice. I texted Colin Beasley after he said, just leaving now it was three 30. It was scheduled for two. It went an hour and a half over. They were waiting there. So, I mean, they're there. They're putting in the work. They're putting in the time. I, I just hope it's – I we only see the last five, ten minutes of practice, and it's usually just free throws, which they're good at. Um, except the Drexel game, they missed, like, the first four, which was weird. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on behind those closed doors of the practices, but the, the work is definitely being put in. The hours are, for sure. So I guess the question, though, is, like, your diagnosis in terms of – in terms of in terms of the problem like where, where where is it just zone is it like what where do you see the like if k-state and ucla don't play zone this week do you expect villanova will have a, a turnaround week i can see yeah for sure i mean one point favorites on the road at k-state uh, tyler perry is going to keep me up at night but um i mean if if the shot i i think it's more of the shots not falling and um what my biggest diagnosis would be is cohesion and playing together. I don't think that, I mean, it's shocker, right? A team that brings in four transfers aren't gelling in the first month, two months of the year. Um, it was a rough summer until the end. They started gelling towards the end of the summer and they're kind of stumbling out of the gates a little bit, but we've seen flashes of what this team can be. I just think they need more time playing together. That would be my biggest diagnosis right now um, is just the lack of cohesion, the lack of communication on the defensive end. Um, I think the senior leaders um, can do a better job stepping up. Uh, Eric Dixon and Justin Moore do a good job, but um, just in general, uh, talking on the defensive end, playing together, uh, playing for each other, I think that would be my biggest diagnosis. And we've seen some of that improve. Like we went from uh, the Penn game and stuff where Tyler Burton's jumping into three other teammates trying to get a rebound. Now it seems like He's the designated like crash the glass guy and everybody else is like just box out and get out of his way. Um, so yeah. they've cleaned su stuff like that up. So so it's encouraging at least to see that um, grow as the season goes on. But again, like the defense and the rebounding is not the main concern right now, as, as we talked about before. It's really just the, the shooting and the shots not falling, um, which is just kind of brutal. Um, he doesn't coach them to miss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm That's fairly it. certain. But. Yeah, like you said, they, they held Drexel to 57 points. And I think in the St. Joe's game, the first half, Hakeem Hart played three minutes, which I had a huge problem with. Um, you know, in years past, to, to break the zone, Villanova would have a guy at the free throw line uh, like Jermaine Samuels. And there's no Jermaine Samuels on this team. Um, Hart having a Hakeem Hart. Yeah. Exactly. Hakeem Hart, Tyler Burton, somebody that is smart with a ball in their hands. Hakeem Hart grad student. Uh, he's a playmaker. Um, putting him at the free throw line to break that zone. I mean, I'm not a coach. I'm not an X's and O's guy, but from what's worked in the past, um, I think more Hakeem Hart minutes would, would be beneficial. And you can see there's improvement like in the way that we're attacking it. I'd say like, I think the pen game, we just didn't attack it to be very frank. Like we didn't really attack the zone. We just tried to shoot over it. And both St. Joe's and Drexel, we started to do that. Um, whether it's whether it's been Dixon or we haven't really put Hart there as much as we should have, but Longino's been there a decent amount too, uh, like in the middle of the zone. So like, I feel like it's definitely things that we're working on and we're seeing it, but it's just, 
there's a level of, and I think I'm speaking for the entire Nova Nation here, level of frustration when this happens and then you see, or so when, okay, we lose to Drexel and then we're asking what's wrong. And to your point, we say defense and rebounding and it's, we held them to 57 points. Like that's enough to win. That should be enough to beat Drexel, but 57 should be enough to beat basically any team in college basketball. You hold them 57 points. You're like, we won this game. Um, but clearly like there's, there's something lacking offensively. So I'm just, and this isn't even more of a question for you, Tom. It's just more of like a conversation piece of like continuing to see how we continue to improve against it. Uh, and when we see zone, both um, UCLA and Kansas really don't play zone. I'd imagine Mick has something up his sleeve um, for for us, but they. I don't think UCLA has played a single possession of zone all year. Kansas has played like less than, or maybe a, a little State. bit more. <laughs> Kansas State, yeah. I just don't want to go to Allen Fieldhouse right now. <laughs> 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 we would get smoked. <laughs> uh, we fair, a lot of teams would get smoked in the fog, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely improvement uh, on, on that end. It's, I mean, it gets really real really quick, right? Yeah. We got Kansas State, UCLA, and then we're on the road at Creighton in Nebraska. It's, it's, we're going to have to For figure Doug out. Doug McDermott's jersey retirement night. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So maybe we you can remember have some him. lightweight reverse juju. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. I, I think one thing that we've learned and, and come back from is like, stop dedicating Villanova basketball things during games. Um, <laughs> you don't need to dedicate know. anything with the right way. Just put a, put, put a green sign that says yeah. I and right way. Cool. Move, yeah. Move on. Um, <laughs> we got smoked when they, when they, not on the Finneran Pavilion, not on opening night because we opened against Quinnipiac that year, but Michigan beat us by like 30 when they opened the Finn and dedicated the Finn to uh, William Finneran. And then Jay Wright, obviously sitting there watching St. Joe's hit every step back, double clutch, pump fake, you know, loop-de-loop three that they could possibly hit. And he just has to sit there and watch it. And they upgraded his seats for this game. So he was sitting on the floor and had to sit there and watch it. <laughs> Uh, and Kyle you doesn't coach well when Jay's there. Kyle does not coach you, well when Jay's you there. You can't suddenly step away from that, too. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, I think we have to put a ban on, like, Villanova, you do not have to name the court after me until the offseason. We can agree on that. You can, <laughs> If you're going to do something for me, just do it in the offseason. We'll talk about it later. Um, I can I can put aside my ego for the night. Um <laughs> It's uh, it's remarkable. Um, I, I guess Tommy, like, I, a point I'll of frustration. A point of frustration for for me is I I I'm hearing this between the quote after the pen game, oh, we're not good at attacking the zone, and then just keep continuing to watch like the same replay over and over again. I'm I'm getting frustrated because it's like, look, I understand that every a lot of rosters are paying a lot of people a lot of money. For NIL. So I say this, I say this with a little tongue in cheek. Everyone's paying something. But one of the most experienced rosters in the country. Um, and one of the highest, and a $3 million NIL salary, right? Plus all the resources available to us. You got three former head coaches that work on Ethan, <laughs> on the corner of Lancaster and Ethan Avenue. And and you have um, 
And, and by the way, these are not fucking Syracuse in 2012, like <laughs> with like the lock it down zone. This is this is literally like just Drexel practicing a zone for a week and throwing it out in practice, like in the game versus us. Right? Like you add those things together, and I don't get how we can be this bad at it. I can't. I can't fathom it. And I, and so like, I guess what I'm asking you is like, and people really tried to. It doesn't feel like people have really tried to push this. And I realize that the program is not giving answers, but like, how is it not just like the question that they just keep getting asked time and time and time and time again, that like, how could you be this bad at it? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I, I realize you're not the program. I, I'm just right. like, it's just mind boggling to me. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, the questions are getting asked. I need to take more tips from uh, Trevor's school of, uh, Big J journalism and and, and <laughs> shout out Michael Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Michael Bradley for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean the questions are getting asked. It just it always goes back to the same thing. I wish I had a better answer um, for that. But I think this week is going to be a big week. I mean they've had since actually I haven't had much time at all now that I think about it. Yeah, played Saturday now. <laughs> play tomorrow. So. Um, I had a couple of days in practice to work it out and, and they're going to be thrown from the frying pan into the fire. It's, I mean, the questions are getting asked. It's just, it's tough when the answer is always the same. It just, yeah, it, it just creates this level of. And I was toxic. Like, <laughs> I was going to say like distrust just where like, you're like, you're like, why am I listening to this? press conference now because they're not giving me any new information like we could run a villanova basketball press conference all like if i had ai technology to sound like kyle neptune you could put me after a game and i could give you exactly what he's going to say and once again i I just think it's interesting and this isn't like this isn't a referent this is nothing on like the journalism side of it but it's just more of like how do i put this we're not unique every college basketball program is going through the same NIL things, is going through all these different things. We're working in the same landscape. If anything, we have a better floor than every every school in the country, except for maybe like 10 to 15 of like support and like NIL support. Clearly, like we see from this offseason, like we might have the best NIL support right now, like just based off of like doing it on paper. And there's just this level of like lack of accountability to where – and this is just something I would want to hear. Um, and this has nothing to do from a journalism side, but like, I would just want to hear like, this is, we, we were bad. We were bad at this. And this is like what we're looking to accomplish and how we're trying to fix it. That I think would go so far with the fans. And I'm not asking for like, I remember after the uh, pit game uh, in 2009, they asked Scotty about the play and Scotty went and actually started giving an answer about the play. He genuinely started answering it. And then Jay was like, all right, all right. And I get that. Like, you didn't need to go into the nuts and bolts of it. But, like, there's more there's more counters than just defending and rebounding. When you're ready defending and rebounding at a pretty high level, there has to be an offensive counter. And we're not hearing anything about just, like, we're like even if Kyle gave an answer of, along the lines of, like, we're thinking about how to get XYZ different looks. And that's something we think we need to get better at. I think that covers so much ground for people, but we don't hear that. You know, or we're thinking about how we can be more diligent and how we execute against the zone. Like, 
that doesn't mean anything, but that was never said. That's never been said. And that's just the frustration where I think people are like, you're not even being holding yourself accountable. And that gets into a whole separate thing, which I'll probably start ramping about later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough. Last year, uh, I remember Nana and Joku was going through uh, an, an injury and I would ask him about, Hey, is he practicing? Is he healthy? Um, whatever. He goes, Oh yeah, he's practicing. And I asked him if he, we were going to see him again this year. And he goes, oh, we'll see. And it's just like Villanova's always been Fort Knox. And I yeah. want to get it out there that I, I don't – I'm not blaming Kyle for this. I mean, I know that this is this how is it's going. Yeah. It's yeah. just the program. It's it's the program. It's Villanova. Um, I'm not blaming Kyle by or the players or Sheridan or any of that by any means. Um, but it's just amplified because we're not – as successful as we have been in years past. And yeah. um, I think that's the, the main issue uh, with the lack of transparency in the media yeah. right now. Yeah. And like I said, that lack of accountability, it, it'd be interesting. Like, I'm not saying they have a lack of accountability, like internally, like I'm sure internally they're holding the players to that. If they're not, that's a whole separate conversation that needs to happen. <laughs> but it's just like, as a fan, you want to be able to hear, this is what we did wrong. And this is how we're looking to improve on it. Just broad strokes. And we don't hear that outside of defending and rebounding. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to be the best defensive rebounding te- defensive team, the best defensive rebounding team in the country. We can't, we still don't figure out, we still can't address his own defense. And to Chris's point, a like mediocre at best zone defense. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Virginia. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm on chat GPT right now trying to get a <laughs> trying to get a response. And unfortunately, chat GPT is far more specific and gives better answers about this. <laughs> uh, well, it, I said, as pretend you were Villanova men's basketball co- head coach Kyle Neptune and you were asked in a press conference why your team keeps losing. What do you say? Um well, it's been a challenging stretch for us, no doubt. We face some tough opponents, and we haven't been able to secure the wins we wanted. There are a few key areas to focus on, and they actually speak about quotes about like things that you could focus on. Um, and then I said, make that response less specific and use more platitudes, and it's still more specific. <laughs> uh, but it does say we're taking one game at a time, focusing on the process of improvement. <laughs> That's true. It's a long season, and we, we know be. that. Yeah, yeah it's, we're staying positive, staying a course, and look forward to the next opportunity to compete and get back on track. I think just like, oh, like I would love to know what the best team we can be looks like in a beating a zone defense. Like, what do you have to get better at there? And maybe that's the question. We want to be the best team we can be. <laughs> How do you do that in beating a zone defense? Let me write that and, down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in media, the media day before the season started, I was talking to Tyler Burton, and I was saying, you know, you were the man at – at Richmond and now you're coming here what do you expect your role to be what are your expectations and he said something along the lines of um just looking to do what I can and and hopefully win a national championship my ears perked up I was like ooh like they don't usually talk like that that was something uh, you know I don't know if he, he didn't... wasn't allowed to speak for a month after he said that <laughs> <laughs> I it's amazing how it happens like do we hold them hostage? Yes. <laughs> because like even Cam, like Cam Whitmore, who like everyone had their issues with, who like was the most like non-typical Villanova player to come through in the last 10 years, did a bunch of coach speak. And I was like, 
this is wild. <laughs> like there was one time Cam after the Boston College game, they asked him about it and he was like, Yeah, and then we blew him out. And I could see the administration and the side of the room just going, Oh my god. <laughs> but it's so good. All yeah. right, Tommy. We'll let you go because we're gonna do um some our postmortem. Yeah, very uh very non big J journalism here. Yeah, best of luck. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thanks so much, Tommy. Everyone. Bye. Bye, Tommy. Bye. Go. Bye, Brian. Go check out the Mainline Minute on Spotify. There we go. All right. Now I have a question to pose you guys now that that guy's gone. <laughs> go Would ahead. you rather have Kyle Neptune as the coach or Guile from Street Fighter, who was a leader of the, the group? So we know he can lead. Plus, he, he was shredded, wore camo and a wife beater. Willie seems to know who I'm talking about. I don't know. I know who Guile is. Okay. Good, good. Boom. Yeah, so yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Guile or Kyle? It's tough. I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know if Guile knows basketball, but I don't know if that's what we need at this point. I, that's I think, not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to say you don't know if Kyle does either. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have. <laughs> I'm going to say Guile just because, like, it'd be really cool to have him on the sidelines and then, like, you know. Mick Cronin starts to get a little fresh, and Guile just beats him up. Like I would like right, to have, like, right. I would like to have a coach get ejected every game. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and like, there's no one. Like the reps are going to be like worried to eject Guile. Yeah, yeah. I, I go with Guile because I think he'll show more emotion than Kyle. And yeah. like sometimes watching these games and we're losing, I want him to get a technical. Like just like, yeah. dude, like go I'll fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, go fucking. He, he did get one versus UNC. Which was terrible timing, actually, of it. <laughs> I hated the timing of it, but he did get. But it was also like not a good technical. Yeah, either. it, was it not wasn't a, one yeah. of those like get the team fired up. It was like a mistake technical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay mellowed in his in his older years and probably got a little bit of a better whistle as time went on. But like, yeah. But like, I remember so many games watching it where I'm like, "Oh, we're flat. Whatever." Jay's gonna go get teed up, and literally, like, without without error, he would just be like. One call would be like not even that bad of a call. It was probably the right call, and he would lose his fucking mind. And then the timeout that would ensue from the technical with the free throws, he'd be fucking yelling at the top of his lungs. The team, I want to see a little bit more of that. Like I, I, I don't know how to. How great is the Josh Hart photo of holding Jay Wright back? I was just about advice. to bring that up. I was just <laughs> about to bring that up. But that was like the end of like yeah, the exactly. the intensity, the intense Jay era. Like Jay was more intense when he was younger. Like I mean, which, the end of it was COVID. Like, like COVID was like when he really just was like, I, I don't, I can't be intense anymore. Like yeah. after Phil was, and Eric left, he was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, and then he was just like, oh, well, Colin, just take care of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, well, bringing it back to this team, like Colin was someone who could take care of it, and it seems that so far this season we don't have somebody that's holding everybody accountable like that. Yeah. And that's what we've been kind of complaining about this whole time. Um, that's frustrating when you have this old and experienced team. Um, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's just frustrating. Uh, fans have the right to be frustrated. Um, I don't know if we want to get into that yet, but um, I'll get there. Yeah. The, the, yeah, I'm with you though. I like it doesn't feel like I just feel like we have we don't have a set point guard. Like 
because Mark is hit or miss still. I was hoping that, you know, Bahamas, I thought he was very good. I thought he was in charge of the team in the Bahamas. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's like the zone, just like it's not like he's if part I, of that problem. Yeah. And tr- and Kyle just wants to trust Justin more. But the problem is Justin is pulling up and missing everything lately. And so like it's the shots aren't falling. And so what are you going to do, Justin? Right? Like, but it doesn't feel like Justin has got that outward personality that's like getting everything back into order and being that like floor general type guy either and it probably because there's a little bit of like a role mismatch there because the point guard isn't the like under jay for the last 10 years and for most of his tenure the point guard was the floor was the guy the extension of the the extension of the coach on the floor was the point guard and then you had one other like attitude guy kind of who was like who you could trust in that whether it was scotty reynolds in 2009 and dante cunningham and Dwayne anderson whether it was um, whether it was, you know, obviously name one of them, like Foy, Nardi, uh, whatever, earlier than that. And then obviously Ryan Archidiacono, Jalen Brunson, Colin Gillespie, um, like you had that string of go- of point guards. We don't, we, we're not there yet with Mark. I am confident we will get there because mm-hmm. he's certainly talented enough. But then you have Moore, who is clearly the guy who they should, who I would imagine that most of the team is deferential to, um, understandably so. But he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's filling that role necessarily. And I don't want to dog him on that necessarily because part of it is his shots aren't falling and we'd probably be saying something different if he was shooting even 35% from three-point, let alone 30. 33%. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. So We're like, shooting horrendously right now. Like, yeah. I mean, devastatingly bad. We've I've, I've called the I kind of called this out like on a couple of podcasts ago when we talk about like Hausen. Hausen really hasn't been shooting that well this year. I think it's when I called him a top 100 shooter in the world, and I like I overspoke. And I'm I'm sorry, Brendan. You're not a hundred top 100 shooter. You heard me, and it got to your head. But uh, no, I mean, and like, and I'm confident Hausen will figure. Like the shots will go down yeah. for Hausen. It's not like a worry about about it, but. That also makes shooting over the zone tougher when your zone breaker is shooting, like I think he's shooting like thirty six percent from three, something along those lines, um, which is completely fine. But like for a guy who probably has one of the higher usage rates on the team, because when he gets it, it's either it's usually just going up, like thirty six percent isn't that great. He needs to be in the forty two, forty three range for what for the way that we use him. Yeah. Ironically, I, I think that his defense is has actually continued to be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, uh, keep it up, and next year we, we got a stub with you. But yeah. the guys who I've been most happy with over the last week, well, I'm not handing out any fucking awards. Um, Lucy Olson one, gets an award. Lucy Olson can get yeah. it again. But oh, the thirty-three percent. That's even worse than I remembered. Yeah. But the, the only people I've been really honestly happy with is Eric Dixon and Jordan Longino. Um, Yep, and thank, Jordan Longino has been a revelation. We've talked about this on several podcasts, but he's the only guy who, like, I, I don't, I don't know, like, when it comes down to sense it, sense of urgency. Like, yeah, like, like, guys, like, what are we doing? Like, 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 you're losing, and it's and it's late, right? Like, this is not just like, oh, you're losing in the first half. We're going to stick to what we do. We do what we do. Like all that fucking platitude shit. Like, it's it's like, hey, you're getting towards the end of the game. It's time to reverse the script. And like, I, like, I, we still didn't press versus Drexel. Uh, yeah. Like, 
when we just speeding them up and being more athletic would have been helpful. And like, we didn't do it. And we just let them play at their own pace. We kept taking the same shots that we've been taking. We kept missing them. And it's just like, we didn't change anything versus Drexel. And it's just, we're, we're getting the same results. And, and I think obviously that question goes back to coaching, right? Yeah. Like I'm, we were talking about the effort on, on, or not the effort, but like the urgency and the player part, right? Like, so if we didn't say your name in that, then everyone else is not showing enough urgency, right? Like, yeah. but the but the uh, on the coaching though, like, look, the calls for Kyle's head are outrageously loud right now, which is crazy because just a week ago we were getting commentary from the toxic positive corner of Villanova Universe to be like, "Ha, you fucking idiots!" Like you were calling. And look where look where we are now. Battle for Atlanta. Chris, you're cutting in and out, and I need this battle for right. Atlanta feels like yeah. fucking last year. You have to start over, Chris. I'm back. Cut yeah. Out. yeah, you you lost. Wait, wait, yeah. cut we out. need that. It cut out. Start where over. You said Basically, soliloquy missed. Yeah, <laughs> everything you just said. Yeah, we had those people that were toxic, positive, and go. Ah, uh, got it. Okay, cool. So. Just a week ago, the toxic positive people were just like, "Yeah, like you idiots, like like how could you say these bad things? Like you just needed a little bit more time to work it out." We're battle for Atlantis champions. Battle for Atlantis feels like fucking eternity ago, and and in the calls for Kyle, here's what I'll say: We don't have to make a decision now, <laughs> right now. I so can therefore, be better. We won't make a decision right now. Yes. That's, yes, unless correct. something illegal happens, yeah. he's not going anywhere. <laughs> right, it right. So this is the coach for this year, right? Yeah. Like, now, my expectations, and we talked about this going into the season um, on this podcast, were like, you got to make the tournament. And candidly, probably a little bit more than just like, you can't just slide in as like the 11 seed making it into the, with this squad. You can't just slide in uh, as like the 11 seed making a, uh, first four. you know, First four, right? Like, no, this has to be like you have to make it and be favored at least in your first game, if not your first two games, um, so to speak. But, but the that's the expectation set as a bottom line for this team. If if at the end of this year this team does not make the tournament, now the net came out today we were fifty, um, so that North Carolina win is going to pay dividends in the future very clearly. I think they're top ten; they might be top yeah. ten in the net. Um, that North Carolina win is going to do favors for us for a long time. But you go out and you lose these next two games this week, and all of a sudden you're looking at, like, yes, the net and the and the metrics will be better than they were going out of, out of conference play um, last year, but the record will be exactly the same. Yep. And and we're entering into like okay, well then we're going to go on the road to Creighton, who looked really fucking good against Nebraska, right? Like had one blip around on the radar versus Colorado State, who's but like pretty damn good actually. Yeah, who ends <laughs> up who actually is good, right? And and it's gonna it could get late early for the season, right? Like <laughs> I wasn't pushing the panic button after Penn, and that was correct. Right now, like again, we're opening. I'm opening the 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 glass so to speak, to push the panic button right now. Because you lose two games this week, which based on how we looked this past week, going 
if it was K-State at home, I might feel a little better. But like going on the road versus K-State and then UCLA um, at home on Sunday is not a crazy suggestion that we'd go 0-2. I, any result this week wouldn't surprise me, yeah. candidly. But all of a sudden you're back in the same position and you get back in that position with the Big East, which is – there's enough wins to come by because the, the bottom of the conference is not very good, but there's also a lot of losses to come by against top quality competition. And it looks like the top of the big East is really good. And the bottom of the big East, so it's, it's not like the big East is going to be, the big East hasn't proven itself to be this massive resume builder where like you can just do all your work in conference play. Like, and we, and we didn't because we beat North Carolina, but like you go 16, you go six and five and then you go 10 and 10 in conference, even, even 11 and nine, 12 and eight. And you might be on the outside looking in on selection Sunday and that's not good enough. Yep. Especially cause there's opportunity for bad losses in conference too. Like you said, like Georgetown, DePaul, they're not world beaters, but they can absolutely beat Villanova if they deploy a zone. Didn't like, we lose to Paul last year? Yes. We lost out to Paul. We last almost year. lost they to Georgetown last worse year. This year. Um, but it's, we are taking on water, so to speak, and it is – this should have been – You, if, if at the beginning of the year you look at the team on paper, the talent that was assembled, and the schedule, and if someone said, hey, I'm from the future, you win the battle for Atlantis, you would think you're going into, into conference play 10-1, and 9-2 at worst. My Suddenly, prediction of – Yeah. My prediction of ten and one was based on I thought we went Atlantis in the beginning of the year. Yeah, and then Until you I it. thought there'd be one stupid loss. So like the Penn loss happened. Right. I was like, whatever, that's the stupid loss we have. Right. I thought it, I thought it would actually be like Kansas State. Now we we don't have that anymore. Like you're right. It's like I said, there's not going to be a change made this year unless something ridiculous happens. But it will be quite hard to quiet down the noise if the season gets derailed. Like it did last year, you have, as of now, you're fortunate and not fortunate at the same time. It's not like he can say, well, we're missing half our starting lineup due to injury like it was last year. This was his opportunity. This was his year to show I can coach with a talented roster, help me get a talented roster, and we'll be competitive. Uh, the talent is there. The athleticism is there. The shot making is not there yet, um, but most of these guys were good shooters in their previous spots, scores in their previous spots. We need to start seeing some results on that. It, it, it's, it's just straight up like I, I can't get over this. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so embarrassing to be like the head coach of this program with, with the money spent, the experience on the roster, and you can't break a zone versus Drexel, St. Joe's, and UPenn. That's absolutely outrageous. Like, and like, I, a I'm not trivia I'm, question in, yeah. in, in 30 years, a trivia question will be, you know, what place did Villanova finish in the inaugural big five tournament? And it'll get everybody because everybody will say, Oh, they either won. Oh, you know, well, well fifth at worst, right? No, <laughs> you got six. You could do worse. Yeah. You worse than worse. the namesake. The, the Hawk talk guys that we had on last week were like, ah, Villanova's relegated to the Philadelphia Catholic league. Yeah, like, exactly. And, it's it's tough where like I understand conceptually that like it's it's not easy to break a zone in the way of like there's a reason teams play it. There's a reason Syracuse was so good at it. It's not easy like Ours from is a pretty good. Team, 
What'd you say? Our matchup zone is pretty good too. And then when yeah. we drop, like we like, it's it's a good strategy to deploy. It's a great, but it's almost in like this is where I, what I was alluding to with earlier with Tommy was like, there's a level of it not being easy, and there's a level of like, oh, we aren't even doing like the general basic staples that it takes to beat it, and that's where it's like, what's going on? Like the thing, and I couldn't find the numbers for this, but one of the key like things that happens in a two three zone is when a team runs two three zone they're susceptible to offensive rebounds. We're not offensive rebounding against the zone. Like, that's just not happening. And I get it. We don't have, like, Ochefu's size that, like, he was really good at against that whenever we faced Syracuse because he could go get those boards. Like, Eric's a bit more groundbound, and Eric's probably better as, like, a box-out person. But, like, we're just not – we're not crashing the glass versus outside of Tyler, and that might get to, like, the cohesion thing of, like, we're not crashing the glass to, versus the zone. And it's like, well, yeah, you're going to miss shots – but you're not crashing the glass. So, so many possessions are pass, 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 pass around the perimeter, chuck a shot. Tyler tries to get a rebound, but three people are boxing him out because they're playing the zone <laughs> and he's coming from the strong side typically. Um, and, and and then we're just running into the same situation where it's like we're one and done and then the other team goes, goes down and like, I get it. Drexel had some fluky shots, but like you need to make shots to protect against the fluky shots. Like that's just what needs to happen. Like, or make some fluky shots. We're not doing that either, which obviously like has less control. Of Have you tried over. making difficult shots? Yeah. And the last thing I want to say with this is I forget, actually. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only that, but like against St. Joe's in particular, what like the, the, to your point, Willie, we're not even doing the basic thing. Like the most basic thing is putting someone at the high post. Yep. <laughs> like, like, it, it, it like obviously cuts which from the started side. doing a little like, bit with yeah. Jordan, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. It was not the guy I would put there. I know he's pretty efficient and lethal inside the arc, but he needs room to operate. I think, and he's more he's of doing, a yeah, yeah. He's been doing the, a decent uh, job at ball screening and getting in there, like yeah. working his way. But like that's the least efficient way to attack a zone where he just like prods and gets in there. Like that's weird, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like I like against St. Joe's, like he didn't put someone there, and like the craziest part about that thing is that St. Joe's was also like the, the the two guys in the front line were stretching us out like like so far. Usually like like <laughs> they were out be well beyond the three point line, right? Like and and guarding us way out there. Right? Like there's so much room open right in the middle of it. And like we just were I, I don't know. And then and then the other thing we talked about tempo on the last podcast, we're already back. We're way back to like three thirty on tempo. We're pushing pace. We're doing opportunistic in transition, like like none of that. None of the things that you could do to like beat a zone. Like, hey, get out before they can set their zone defense to try and break them. Nothing happened. We were we were trying in the St. Joe's game. We were talking before, like there was several sequences back and forth where we were getting a stop, getting out and running. We were just missing the shots in transition. Which that's one thing, but they had six or seven tries. It felt like before finally St. Joe's got the ball under control, called a timeout, talked it over, and then made some ridiculous step back twenty-eight footer to step on our throat. Um, and so they were trying in the St. Joe's game, the Drexel game, not as much. They just didn't see, like we said that lack of urgency is uh, is what kills me the most when you're trying to suffer through watching that. Um, and to give a shout out to kind of like 
not even a shadow, but just kind of like to like take our medicine and look at it. It's interesting. Like we won in um, Atlantis on the strength of like finding mismatches, using our strength, and honestly getting fouled and going to the free throw line a lot. Like that plays plays in our favor. When you play a zone, there's less man defense. It's tougher to match up physically because of the way that the zone works. And so typically zone teams foul less because they're forcing more jump shots and we're not making jump shots because whatever reason, just where the ball's going, maybe the, it'll course correct and we'll be a better three point shooting team. Maybe we're a 33% free throw uh, three point shooting team. But like, regardless, we're running into this situation where like it's almost becoming self-fulfilling now because yeah, teams are going to play zone because it gets them out of foul trouble versus us. Like Drexel went to that zone was that Drexel or St. Joe's? I can't remember. That was Drexel. When Drexel had six fouls at the 12-minute mark, I think, and then did not went to the zone and didn't commit another foul. And, like, we didn't really manufacture any either. When, like, we should have just been getting to the free throw line and taking one-on-ones because we are, I don't know what number it is, but, like, we're the at least the, like, sixth best free throw shooting team in the country, if not number one. Um, I don't know what the number is right now. But so there's just, I don't know, there's a lot that we have to work on. Why not put – yeah, I mean, look, to me, the most obvious candidates to put in the center of the zone would be Burton and and Hart just mm-hmm. because you like someone with a little bit of size there. Obviously, you still want Dixon down low or Ware down low depending on whatever. Like Dixon makes sense to some degree. Longino doesn't make a ton of sense. I, I still am not sure I follow that. Um but we put it, we put Ware there for a second, and I didn't like it. No. It's just like I think Ware's a decent passer, but like you need to be able to make so many decisions from the mid, like from that uh, from the high post there that like I wouldn't, I don't want Ware there. What about crazy thought? What about Justin? Like <laughs> he's, he's been there a couple of times. I think in the Saint, not yeah, Saint Joe's game, he was there a little bit. Um, that's probably who I would try to go to there. Because because at least I know he can he can make a mid range shot, yeah. right? Like, and then if he wants to, he can go up and try and get fouled, right? Like, and he's the most he's the most like likely person to use his body to make that happen, and I trust him in post up shot situations, etc. So I, I I don't know, and obviously I trust him in the pass. So like it's it's really weird. Um, look. I, so to get back to the frustrations in the fan base, like, yeah, I, it's my favorite part. <laughs> I, I'm getting a little bit annoyed with 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 Villanova right now. Like, obviously, like Tommy is Tommy. Did, Tommy does a great job. Like, like I think that the people are doing. I think the people are asking the questions, etc. Kyle's not going to give answers. I, I get that. That's somewhat like a Villanova thing. But like again, like it's. When it's when you're going when you're winning and whatever, it becomes like a great meme. It becomes a great podcast name. Like it becomes like a fun like, it becomes like a fun little. Thing. We get labeled robots because it's like oh they don't break from this and like whatever you get labeled robots, which was a fun thing that they were well, fun. I don't know how fun really is, but whatever. When you're losing, it just comes across like you're gaslighting the whole fucking fan base, right? Like it it, it literally comes across like like you don't care, right? <laughs> And and I realize that they definitely care. We know they care. Yeah. 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 I know that they care. I know that there's definitely a lot of heads right now in the room who are like, but it doesn't come across that way. And then the other part is is that you have and 
you have a, a certain faction of the toxic positive portion of the fan base um, who and and some folks who are tighter to the program who will call fans out for being like upset, emotional, whatever, like whatever. Guys, I I got news for you. You got to stop with that nonsense. Stop that's fucking what, caring. That's what being a fan is. Yes, it's what being a fan is. And on top, and you're in Philadelphia, so like, like how do you not even get not not in Philly? Yeah, <laughs> and and on top of that, like the thing that is really bothering me is like, oh, then you'll see posts that like, well, I'm there through thick and thin. The people complaining are watching the games, right? Like, like you know who you're not getting are the other fucking people who don't bother to complain because they complain with their remote watching something else. And not paying any attention, right? Like, there's a plenty of apathetic people who, whatever, don't yell at the negative portion of the fan base who's pissed off because at least they're there, right? Like, they're still watching games, buying tickets, doing whatever, right? Like, those are not the people that you should be complaining about because if you piss those people off, you're losing a lot of fuck, a lot of fucking people, right? Like, these, a lot of like, money on 1842 day from a lot of parents. <laughs> I, I know, I know, that's the joke, right? But like. But but truth be told, forget the donation part of it. Yeah. But like like the the people who are still present are like even if they're yelling and complaining and whining, they're not the enemy right now. Like like the enemy, if you will, the people who see that we lost to St. Joe's and, and and Drexel, and are just like, yeah, I'm not fucking going to shit, right? Like like I'm like I'm not going to shit. I'm not going to watch this team. I, I'm done. I don't need this frustration in my life. I'm done. Right, the apathy is the is the biggest enemy of of a program, not not anti apathy. Right, like it's yeah, yeah. You'd rather be the Browns fan at the game with the paper bag over his head than an empty stadium. You know, that's an extreme right. example, but yeah, what, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> I'm I'm saying how at least the people that are like what Chris is saying the people who are complaining are are the ones still paying attention the ones that care. So you would rather your team be bad and you're wearing a paper bag than your team be bad and you're. I'm not saying a- that person is still paying for his season tickets, Brian. I know what you're saying, but you used a bad example, so I had to. Clear. I said it was a bad example. <laughs> I'm um, advising the fan base, Brian. Yeah. No, um, everything Chris said made sense. Trevor just confused me. <laughs> My takes don't make sense yet, but they will. I just don't really like. I just don't really like it. every game. Is this every time we lose? It's the same fucking thing. Like it's just, it's just, it's just so annoying. It's so annoying. It's like, it's like we lose, and then there's all these people who are just like fucking fire Kyle right, right now, right now. I want his resignation on my desk by midnight, right? Like, and then but also, who who do you have in mind? Like <laughs> you know, like. Nobody. I, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are several people that would drop whatever they're doing to coach Villanova, but like that's not how Villanova operates. Like, let me, let me speak. There's a guy born in I think Coatesville, Pennsylvania. I don't know where he's actually born. Uh, on December 24th, goes by the name of Gerald, Gerald Wright. He's yes. not walking back through that door unless they're Churchville, a, a street to him. Churchville. Right. Sorry, Jack. The the. Yeah, Wait, I've had a lot of people it. comment. I've had a lot of people comment on Twitter, being like, "Like, do whatever you have to do, and just put Jay in back in the coaching seat to write the ship." Forget about it. It's not yeah, happening. It's already it's happening. happening. If he's that, already this is games, it. can he just go over and call? Like, if he's there, can he just be the coach? And he's not. <laughs> this is no, Brian. I'm with you. This is what we do. We say we're doing another um, 
right oh the, the sign got messed up we need to rededicate it yeah. but we need you to be at the game he's at the game kyle's nowhere to be found we're like jay right. we need a coach kyle's, <laughs> kyle's stuck in traffic jay we need a coach well, and jay, whatever yeah, games yeah. he was going to go to he's the coach whatever yeah. games he's not someone else short of that like you know jay Wright is not coming through that door yeah i mean the i brought suggestions that i'm seeing like i i can't tell if they're serious or not but like they're not getting Chris Beard or, you know. Who uh, we don't want. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's a very real example that I've Beard. seen. It's a very I, real suggestion that I yeah. saw. <laughs> I brought this up on our group chat, and you guys all ignored it because you always think I'm kidding. But I talked about um, Mark sure Jackson and Baker Dunleavy flying to South Carolina to talk to Dawn Staley, and maybe I wasn't. That would kidding. be cool. I mean, Father Peter's pretty woke, so he might be able to hire Dawn Staley. We bring her back to Philly, kind of, because it's the big five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she might – I mean, that might be what we need. I, I would, yeah, I would and, and like I said, this is this – is And no one's commenting now, too. And when it happens, I'm going to dance on everyone's graves. I just said I would love Dawn Staley. <laughs> that would be sweet. Uh, this is an off-season conversation. Is, <laughs> like, right. Just to bring it back to, like, the irrational fans. Like, it's okay to be irrational and freaking out and stuff like that. Just, like – remember what the end goal is here. Like Mark Jackson isn't reading your tweet saying like, Oh, I guess I should fire Kyle. <laughs> like I promise you that's not happening based off tweets from Villanova fan one, two, three, four on Twitter. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but I guess where I was going with this though. So, so like, that's obviously annoying, but then the script, you can yeah. write it every single time. And then, and then, and then that's chaos until the, 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 the next morning. And then literally within the hours of like 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., it's like I ride or die Nova, right? So like even through the thick times and thin, I ride or die Nova. And these people who said these terrible things don't care. And like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but I'm I'm so good and so pious that I won't dare say a bad thing about anyone in the Villanova program or universe, right? Like. That shit fucking stuck sucks just as much, right? That sucks. <laughs> Fuck that. I hate that shit. I literally cannot stand the 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 back and forth. It's always the next morning. It's like, okay, now that we feel better after sleeping it off, like now I'm gonna point finger at you and say you're a bad fan. I hate that shit, man. It it drives me up a fucking wall every single every single time we lose. It's the same goddamn thing. Like just roll it out. Right. Like, and it's, and it goes, you know, what it reminds me of, it reminds me of when Trump was president and like, he would do some fucking crazy shit. And then like, what? I said, this will be interesting. Yeah. He would do some crazy shit. And then for 24 hours, you know, the, the, the CNN, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. The the left wing would be absolutely in fucking chaos being like, this guy is so fucking crazy. Like what the fuck? And then the next day after that, the right wing would be like, well, come on now. What are you saying about this? Like, this is fine. Like, he's locker room talk. Like, what? Like, and look, it, they do that with every president. So this is not like a political comment, but it's literally the same script just for like for that as it is for Villanova losing a basketball game. We're not going to fire the fucking coach right now. <laughs> okay, at the end of the season, here's here's my promise to Villanova fan base. At the end of the season, we're not making the tournament. I'm gonna, I'll say it on the podcast, right? Like that that. We need to move yeah. on, right? Like, promise. I promised you that. Absent we, said some... that we, we said at the beginning of last year, like, it was, this was a tournament year. It right. is. And we got the roster. It's a tournament year. Full right. stop. Full stop, right? We could even lose 
a player or two, and it's still a tournament roster, right? Like, so if he doesn't get it done this year, we'll call for. Well, I'm calling for his head, right? Like, but like, I don't need his head. I just need his job. Next time you go on, that was an incredible rant thing. Can you give me a heads up because I want this queued up. <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking awesome, dude. I'm like standing up. <laughs> I'm in a ho- I'm in a hotel room. I'm glad no one else is in here because I was like, yeah, fuck. It's just so annoying, man. I, it's- yeah, it's it's tiring, and that's why it's it's good to unplug and step away from from X and Twitter, whatever Instagram, every now and then. But um, this is where, yeah, it's just gonna be me being me here. Like, I don't know. We're all sickos. We're all wa- yeah. we're gonna we're gonna watch this team no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, they could put out a team of all walk-ons in 2033, and I'll be on this podcast. <laughs> and I'll, just, I'll I'll be on this podcast talking about how Chris Archidiakono Jr. needs more minutes. Like you know, like it's just I'm 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 here. Like we're all here. If you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter what we're they're gonna do. Like we're here. Yeah, so my degree just... isn't suddenly changing anytime yeah. soon. What about both of them? I might get a second one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, man, my uh, my other degree is not a good basketball institution. <laughs> but the um, what's your other degree from? Actually, I don't know this. Harvard. No, um, I got my MBA at NYU. Some oh. people call it the Harvard of New York. <laughs> Second only to Columbia. <laughs> another woke, another woke ass campus. Oh, I love the word woke. So much. <laughs> so much. It's um, so good. It's so, so good. So in light of everything that we're all sick and tired of, what do we have to look forward to this week? We get to play Coach Snyder's basketball school, Kansas State. Um, we have Kansas State, a, which what, – what are we thinking here? Is the second Sunday of Advent? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's in your little drawer thing, little kid? Yeah, yeah. 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 so I – like like you said before, Chris, I wouldn't be surprised regardless of the results this week. Um, Kansas State has been kind of up and down this season. Like yeah. we said, they don't play a ton of zone. So that kind of bodes well for us. But Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see what happens. So This Kansas is an attitude State, trip. Kansas State uh, was led by – well, led by Tyler Perry. Um he is like a really short guard, but extremely dynamic. I don't think he was on the North Texas team that we played. He may have been actually. Um, yeah, he would have been actually. So he's on the North Texas team that we played in twenty, whenever the bubble um, tournament 2021. was twenty twenty one tournament. Yeah, uh, really small guard, super dynamic. So you know he's going to give us fits because he's a small guard who's dynamic. I'd imagine since they're playing man, we're going to post him up. Uh, they have a guard, junior guard, Cam Carter, who's taking a big step forward. He's pretty good. Um, familiar face uh, for everyone who knows Arthur Kaluma from Creighton transferred to Kansas State. So that's going to be a person who knows us pretty well, um, has had success versus us. Um, their big, their best big man, uh, Naquan Tomlin, has been out due to like he has some kind of legal trouble, whatever. He, I think he's a super interesting like draft prospect. I don't think he's back yet. Um, I don't think he's like an NBA player, but I just think he's an interesting draft prospect. He's like a really fluid, fun big guy. Um, but th- he's not going to be on the floor. So, um, 
and I don't think yeah, I don't think he's coming back. So like, there's nothing there. And then it's for my like POV, it's a bunch of a bunch of death pieces. They've struggled, uh, been up and down. They went to overtime against Oral Roberts and North Alabama at home. So like, they're also struggling with worse competition. But we're going to Manhattan, Kansas, not New York. Um, and so that's going to be a tough game. Jerome Tang is a, I think, a really cool coach and really fun coach. They've played three OT games, which is wild. That's some there's some that's something in the water there. Providence so they, should have actually beaten them. Providence should have beaten them. There um, was a there was a bad call, a no call. Who punched? Was... Who punched? Oh, Day Day Ames. So yeah, Day Day Ames uh, punched Garway Duall. Um, oh, Garway so Duall got the last. <laughs> yeah, he got Garway got the last last <laughs> yeah. laugh. But like, watch out for Day Day Ames. He might punch us. Um, but beyond that, like honestly. The spark we saw after Brendan Hawson got kicked in the chest. We need a little punch. Maybe we do need someone to get punched. <laughs> Just I'm in. Um, but also, they also can't shoot from three, so expect them to make their first six threes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're a bad shooting team. This is yeah. definitely a team that's going to make 57% of their three balls. Um, yeah. So <laughs> they're, that's them. Um, I, I I don't I could care less to give a prediction. Sure, maybe we'll win, but maybe we won't. Ken Palm has it as a one point loss. So for okay. us, I, I I I feel like we're gonna win. I, 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 after everything I just said, I feel like we're, we're gonna win. We are sickos. I I could you you could put the this team on the floor. Yeah. yeah, you could put this team on the versus the Lakers and be like, I can see it. I can see how like I can see how Eric Dixon would give LeBron James trouble. Like LeBron I know. doesn't really have that first step he used yeah. to. I think Eric will really take advantage of that. They thing. don't play zone at the NBA level, like you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna go two and out this week. <laughs> I think we two and out week. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Like, I'm part of me just joking, but yeah. again, like. Neither of these teams are from the Big Five, so Mick Cronin's <laughs> a really good coach. Nervous about that, but um, what's yeah. the record for three points in a game? Because Howes it'll probably just break that in one of these. <laughs> That's a great question. I'll look um, I got I got a Google in front of me for Villanova. I think it's no, no for NCAA. Bro. Okay. The 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 thing is that that I'm like basing this on is literally the zone man like nonsense. <laughs> Yeah. But, then, but then I'm like, a coach like Mick Cronin is going to be like, all right, we're just going to work on a rudimentary zone and throw it at them for a couple possessions and see how they react. And then when we don't react well, it's like, we're just going to keep doing it until they figure it out, <laughs> which we won't. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I guess, but I feel like most major conference coaches are like, especially like Kansas State and UCLA are obviously great programs. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like most our, major conference yeah. programs have, are stubborn that way. Like yeah, we're they, just going to do what we do, yeah. Yeah, they're going to do what we do, right? Like, which is what we do, right? Like, yeah, we'll throw a matchup zone, we'll throw a zone out there every so often, whatever. Um, but like, ultimately, everything goes back to the switching defense, right? Like, and so, and so, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on this, like, yeah, they're going to play some zone because they're going to see that it's going to work. Like, if we start getting on a run, they're going to go, they're going to flip the zone in, right, to change it up. My, like, part of my prediction is just simply based on the notion that they're going to be stubborn about playing man defense, and as a result, we're going to find ourselves more comfortable. Um, I'm also hoping, probably not in these two games, but in one of these games coming up, that a team plays a zone and, like, literally it somehow magically clicks for us, and all of a sudden we we demolish a zone because, like... 
like statistics have to sometimes somehow bear out with three point yeah. percentage, like <laughs> at the very yeah. least. Even if it's just they're shooting over it and it's just connecting, it's like you know what, whatever. <laughs> what, yeah, what did like, you say last year a hundundred times? We regressed to the mean. Yes, that was like regression you know, to the mean is a yeah, very signature. Yeah. That's a regression to the mean is a for you, Brian. No, I know that. It's just Chris said it so often; it was frustrating me for no reason. <laughs> I do say it a lot because I'm I'm a big believer. If like one team is shooting well in the first half and the other team is not, especially if we're the team who shot well in the first half and the other team is not. That that's going to even out in the second half, and so the problem with that is all of the times it works, the time it doesn't. There's no explanation for it. It just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's frustrating. What's the other one you like? Is the floor is the ceiling, and the ceiling is the top. Whatever it is, I love it. What? That's Michael Jordan. No, you're you're always like our you guys floor is lower, us. our ceiling is higher. You, you have this. I get so wrapped up in it. I'm always. Oh like, oh, no. oh 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 oh. Yes, last year we were a high ceiling, low yeah. floor team. I just yeah. need my hands to understand it because, like, like I have oh, sorry, not last year. Two, we were a low, we were a low floor, low yes. ceiling team last year. But yeah. la- the, the two years ago, yeah. I thought we were a high floor team. Right, right. Yeah. And they went to the final four. It's all gold. Which I thought we were a high floor team this year too. So that remains to be seen. Yeah, but the floor is the ceiling now. So. No, we're we're a high floor, low ceiling team this year. Buckle the yeah. fuck up, baby. <laughs> it's just yeah. this. We're it's, just uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> we live somewhere in here where our three point percent. Yeah. I meant I meant uh, high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, yeah I know. We're fucking riding Space Mountain in the I know what you mean. <laughs> Um, it's exactly it. This year, in this title episode, we're on fucking Space Mountain on space at Disney Mountain. World right now. Yeah. Like, Roller coaster, <laughs> Ferris wheel, whatever you want. It's uh, up and down, all around. Um, reminder, anyone going to the UCLA game on Saturday, I've heard a rumor that it might be a whiteout. <laughs> I had heard that too in July, so they stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the rumor in July, yep. And then, oh, and then it was confirmed. I'll be and sure. I've heard my... I've, uh, 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 a um, a birdie told me that it's not going to be shirts on everything, but there might be some type of situation Ow. at the game. So we'll see. I'll bring I'll bring all my white stuff, my white hat, and everything. Okay. Yeah. You should probably not say that line like that ever. Again. I said that on purpose. I wanted to see if anybody bit. You were the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because I'm woke? Uh, what, what's <laughs> this guy in the podcast with that NYU degree? really putting it to work yeah um so anyway i'll see everybody at the ucla game i guess (laughs) yeah we gotta add this (laughs) yeah all right uh all right well we'll be back next week and we're pretty certain that we have a special guest lined up very special guest lined up my hint is to preview barack hussein obama And Donald Trump, both of them. Fuck it. We are doing the thing that's no one's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, we will have. Uh, we will likely have somebody special guest to preview the Big East. So that's all I'll say. And uh, with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks everybody for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.